Hi, everybody. This is a podcast where real medical professionals discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you didn't let the Wookiee win, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Bain. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as the official, official Watchmen podcast podcast. Uh, my discussion on Craig Mason's discussion on the HBO series Watchmen. It's too many layers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Hi, Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what television and film gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. Yep. What are we talking about this week, Jackson? So I think you kind of had a teaser about this one um, maybe a week or two ago, but we're doing The Blacklist today. It's season seven, episode two. Um, it's called Lewis T. Steinhill, which I believe if you mix the words around or letters around, it's called The Illusionist. Ah. Yeah. So we're talking about this one because this one brought up a lot of controversy amongst my ER friends, but also it's like going around the internet with just a very bad example about medicine in general. But we're not going to start there because that's towards the end of the episode. We expected to start there. We didn't think that we would have a page and a half of Jackson notes about yeah. this this episode of television. This one made me real but mad. we do. I'm <laughs> um, going to preface this by saying that I, I watched the first season of Blacklist and didn't really get caught up and... Mm-hmm. Uh, things went off the rails apparently oh yeah it went way off the rails with like red's not red red's not red uh elizabeth's not elizabeth yes um, we knew that tom wasn't tom yes um, and it just gets worse and worse from there yeah but i guess we're doing this episode is technically the conclusion from the season uh premiere and it kind of starts up with red uh played by james spader being abducted by liz's mom and then strung up on a gate and someone started an epidural on him to make him paralyzed from right. the waist down. To make him think he was paralyzed. Correct. Like, to make him think he was permanently paralyzed. Which I don't understand how that works, uh, unless they put the epidural right in the correct nerve that to block the lower part of his lower extremity. Which, I mean, there are epidurals that can do that. Like, if you're about to give a C-section, it'll make you numb, but mm-hmm. I don't think it'll make you paralyzed. Okay. So that's... A weird way to explain it. Um, but then they were also trying to make him bleed out from his neck. Yeah. this. So no one's going to be surprised to hear that I'm a nerd uh-huh. and sometimes read things like Vampire the Masquerade sure. role-playing game books for fun. Shocking. Um, but this reminds me of my nighttime reading. But they did it through the tiniest little IV catheter. We call them a butterfly catheter. Yeah. And they put it in there in, I don't know which vein they were going for or whatnot, but to get someone to bleed to death using that tiny little thing will take forever. Right. And it'll clot before it'll probably kill you. Yeah, and so what Liz's mom said in her threatening speech at the beginning of the episode was that the human body can lose up to 40% of its blood. It's a lot. That's a lot of blood. Yeah, I mean... She said that there was 6,000 milliliters in the adult male circulating volume. It's about five liters or so. She said it was about a gallon of milk. Fine. It's a little, it's about a gallon and a half, about. So I'll we'll give that to I'll, them. I'll give that to them. But then she also said, like, you're going to feel palpitations. It's more like tachycardia, which just means your heart is racing because your heart is trying to keep up with the volume that it's losing. But the, the reason she said that they were going to feel palpitations mm-hmm. was because. There wasn't enough blood in your heart for it to, to pump. Fill. She said to, to fill. fill. Yeah. 
Which doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense because it's even if you're bleeding out, it's still pretty much a closed system. It is a closed system. You are bleeding out, but the other part is, so your heart rate and um, your stroke volume is determined by your heart rate and then like the circulating volume in your blood. Mm-hmm. Your your blood vessels are going to clamp down so that you can increase resistance, and that's why your heart is able to kind of keep up with it because if you're increasing the resistance and you're basically narrowing your blood vessels down, it'll help return blood back into the heart. Okay. So you're increasing what we call afterload to refill your heart, basically. So so essentially the volume of your veins and mm-hmm. arteries is smaller. Yes, because it's constricting, because trying it's constricting. to make up for the lack of it. And your heart's beating faster to make sure you have the same cardiac output um, going on. Because I think the formula we're hammered into us in med school is cardiac output is equal to heart rate times stroke volume. And you can make up... You can maintain a normal cardiac output by adjusting one of the two, either increasing mm-hmm. your heart rate or um, adjusting your stroke volume to make it equal. Okay. So you're trying to maintain homeostasis, basically, right. in your whole body during that whole time. And if you don't do that, uh-huh. according to Elizabeth's mom, you die of exsanguination. No, she says you're feeling exsanguination. Oh, you feel exsanguination. Yeah. She said doctors refer to you losing a lot of blood as exsanguination, which, yes, that is part of it. But the, the coroners would definitely say you died of exsanguination. Mm-hmm. Really, what I would think of is you're dying of, like, or you're going through hemorrhagic shock. So mm-hmm. you're losing a lot of blood at that time. And um, she estimated that he was at 20% blood loss. He was pink as a peach yeah. during that whole time. Like he should be super, super pale, and maybe because of the lighting, or maybe because it was dark. But later in the episode, you do see that he does look very pale, but only when he gets more blood. Correct, which made no sense. <laughs> yeah, and then also they were trying to get information from him, but bleeding someone out is the worst way to get information because from you just get stupid. Yes. You have no blood going to your brain, so how are you going to give information if your brain is not running on maximum capacity? Mm-hmm. And that's what she was trying to do, is like trying to get more info, but you're bleeding them out, and it was real stupid. So you would recommend the Hobbs and Shaw method of random electric shocks? Oh, yeah, compared okay. to this. But, I mean, it'll hurt, and it'll sting. As long as it doesn't go through the heart, you're A-OK. So we get plot magic about them having set up a fake hospital on a soundstage, yes. essentially. Yeah. Um, and then we get a little more exposition from the mm-hmm. non-doctor. Yes. Uh, that hypoxia is setting in, yes. and she hears it's quite uncomfortable. Yes. What is hypoxia? Hypoxia means um, low oxygen of the blood. Is that something that just sets in? It doesn't. It sets in. It can go gradually, but mm-hmm. usually with hypoxia, I think the best way to explain it is, you know when you're on a plane and they say you put on a mask before you put other people's mask on? It's because the oxygen level is so low that if you lose oxygen, you start acting really loopy and kind of drunk and all that stuff too. So you can't even take care of yourself. Okay. So that's the reason why you need oxygen so you can make decisions to save other people um, while saving yourself. So this is... Adding to the mm-hmm. least effective enhanced interrogation of all time. Correct. Yeah. Because, again, you have someone who's not able to answer any questions and not able to make their own decisions at this point. The other thing is, the thing that's not really kill- the thing that's really unpleasant for him, I would say, is not so much the hypoxia, it's shock, again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, broadly, the, de- the, the whole definition of shock is poor perfusion of end organs. So if you're not getting oxygen to end organs like your brain, your liver, your lungs, whatever, they start to die. And that's essentially what's going on here is she's slowly trying to kill his brain. Hypoxia is almost like a secondary effect almost because mm-hmm. 
blood is what carries oxygen to your thing. So if you have no blood, you're going to have decreased oxygen delivery. But I would never refer to it as hypoxia as the way that the red is suffering at this okay. time. And then I think as the scene progresses, they, the nurse, quote unquote, right. removes the IV from his neck. And there was like no blood. No blood at, at all. all. Like, this is a big thing that we always see in TV shows is when people remove an IV, it's super clean. There's, like, nothing going on. Um, and the, the bleeding just stops right away. This would be a bloody massacre. Just blood spraying everywhere, guaranteed. Even with the tiny butterfly. Even with the tiny butterfly, you'll still see, like, a little gaping neck socking mm-hmm. hole and just... Pulse, 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 just pulse, pulse, pulse. Pulse if it was in an artery or just kind of... Ooze, 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 all over his neck. Um, and he did not have any kind of dressing on his neck at all. Like, just pulled it out and let him be. Like, if he was pumping blood, running around, whatever, blood would just start spraying out from that part. So, again, the big complaint we always make. Not enough blood. Not enough blood. Needs more blood. Um, so, the nurse, or supposed nurse, uh-huh. uh, he appeals to her better nature and she helps him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she helps Red escape. Yep. She helps Red escape and takes two bags of blood that just happen to be sitting out next to Red. That's gone bad, probably. Gone by bad. Now. I mean, at least we know it's probably a match. It, it prob- because it's probably his. It probably is his, or they're just using Oneg. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually we keep blood in the cooler until we're ready to use it because room temperature blood starts going a little, little wonky there. How long do you think it could be room temperature? I'm not a hematologist, okay, so I'm not really 100% sure. Or a pathologist that works in the blood bank. I just know that considering the whole circumstances and how that place is laid out, that blood's probably been out for a little while, and it's definitely... It's been out in the dark. In the dark. Who knows if it's a hu- what the humidity is or yeah. how hot it is in this fake hospital. But he that blood probably has gone bad unless they started with frozen and just let it kind of thaw out. They gently. do request frozen frozen blood later. Yes, they uh, they ask for very random stuff later, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit, I guess. But I mean, even if it was frozen, they put it they they drive for a while. Yeah, and then and then they use it. Yeah, but then Red was calling for stupid stuff like goes, "I need platelets. I need fresh frozen plasma," which I feel like he just heard these two buzzwords that happen to be yelled at in the emergency department a lot. Um, maybe he watches the resident. Maybe. Oh God, we gotta do a resident episode. That show is horrendous. But what he really does need is um, pretty much just whole blood. So mm-hmm. he needs everything that he lost. So there's more than just your blood component. Uh, is Your blood is more than just plasma and platelets. You need red blood cells because mm-hmm. clearly that's the thing that he's lost a lot of that's causing him to think stupidly. And maybe that's why he said all this stuff because he's lost his wits about him and now he's <laughs> saying really, really stupid stuff. But, I mean, you do need platelets and plasma eventually if you've lost so much blood that you can't clot anymore. But really what he needs right now is packed red blood cells to re... To, to carry the oxygen. Correct, yeah. So calling for that was just silly. Uh, immediately after he calls for that, mm-hmm. fake nurse. Fake nurse. Gosh, it's really bad. She removes a tracking device from his neck. Oh, God. And she does that. She does it in the weirdest way. Yeah. So she takes a scalpel. Uh-huh. Um, she cuts his neck yeah. two or three times. Yep. Like... Not deep enough or expanding I or guess. I don't know what. But the other thing is she removed it by using the back of the yeah, scalpel she flipped to flip it, over. it out. It was so weird. And here's the thing. If you did that and so you're, if you can feel your own neck, it's pretty loose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, 
unless you're chonky, but that's another podcast. But, but James Vader is not a chonker. Yeah, so you can imagine if you tried flipping it, the first thing the thing is going to go is the path of least resistance, right? So it could potentially sleep, slip deeper into the mm-hmm. neck, deeper into the neck tissues or neck muscles, because your neck muscles are kind of they're all running up and down vertically, and it can potentially just slip deeper into posterior part yeah. of your neck before you can actually remove it and your goal with it removing a tracker is to remove the dang tracker yeah as quick as possible without damaging what's underneath so her flipping it too you have to leverage right yeah and if you're leveraging it what's underneath is your carotid and your jugular <laughs> so you, she could potentially cause a stroke oh great because um, she's pushing on these big arteries and whatnot and by occluding blood supply could fire a clot i don't know mm-hmm. how healthy red is yeah, well, he's less healthy than he was two days ago. Correct. He could have had a clot in his neck, some kind of embolus, and that could have fired up into his brain. Could and have had a clot from the bag of blood that was sitting out uh, on on the countertop. That for probably an hour would and have half. stopped in his vein that the nurse put in horribly too. Which yeah. I got to mention that part where she put the butterfly catheter parallel to the elbow, basically. And At least it wasn't a right angle. That that is true. At least it's not a right angle. But now she's completely flat, and then the way they. They just put it on, didn't insert it or anything, and then just put bandage. Right yeah, on top just taped of it. it on. Yep. Um, going back to the scalpel, mm-hmm. reversing the scalpel like that would also be a sanitation issue, right? Oh yeah, because there's the part that you've been well, holding to be fair, with your hand. Her cutting him was a sanitation issue too. There wasn't any sterilization. They didn't wipe it with alcohol. Yeah. They just sliced and. True. 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 I don't know if the sound got on there, but <laughs> that's what it sounds like on there. But yeah, they take him to Dom. Mm-hmm. Which is a backwoods Russian doctor, but also Katerina, um, Katerina's dad, Liz's grandfather. Hey, 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 don't, don't, don't try I'm, to follow I'm this trying, guys. I'm trying just to yeah. lay this out. But yeah, they took him to a backwoods Russian doctor, mm-hmm. given some plasma, and he perked up right away. Oh yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing that worked too was his neck wound healed very quickly right uh, after that, that too. That's because they had tape. They did not put type on his neck. Oh, they didn't tape his neck. No, up, neck they up put up. nothing. They just left that wide open. There was like maybe a little scab, but that again, that should be a wound that's bleeding and just disgusting in general. But that's not why we're talking about this episode. No, we're talking about this episode because later Brian Dennehy gets shot. Yes, he gets shot in the left side of his chest near his heart. And right when I saw that, I without kind of knowing what happened knowing what happened later um, the first thing i said was yeah there's going to get a pneumothorax which is like a collapsed lung Mm -hmm. a hemothorax which means he's going to have blood in his chest cavity or he's going to have cardiac tamponade which is the same thing dr strange had after he got stabbed by a mythical tool um but he also had like a sucking wound um and we call it a sucking wound because it is a wound in the chest that if you if he was breathing, you would mm-hmm. hear a distinct... Every time you inhale, it makes it, it like a, a... A sucking sound. Yeah. Like, it'll actually sound like a sucking sound. And so, uh, combat nurse now, who nurse now reveals herself as combat medic, mm-hmm. is saying that she wants a hemostat right away, which I started, like, gasping and giggling. And you were like, why are you laughing? Yeah. A hemostat is essentially um, tweezers that lock. That's all they are. Gigantic tweezers that lock. That's not going to do anything to stop this guy's bleeding unless because you can find... Because he's been shot in the freaking chest. Correct. Unless you can pinch his entire wound with the hemostat, it's impossible. So then she heals him with duct tape. Yeah. Or they were looking for gauze or um, some kind of bandage. Um, the real thing I think she was trying to say, or at least the show was trying to imply, is quick clot. 
mm-hmm. which is um, kind of a fibrous material almost. I think we've can, talked about it before. Yeah, that you it's can like fix a flat for, kind of, for flesh. Yeah, so you can actually use that. But the last thing you want to do is put or that. Or patch. Yeah, and the last thing you want to do is put that kind of expanding thing in a chest. Right, because that would push all the organs around and get Well, mainly it'll make sure that lung will never... Well, not so much that. It'll oh, okay. actually make sure that that lung will never expand again. Oh, because okay. think about it, if that's expanding rapidly inside, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to expand yeah. that lung anymore. Okay. So really, the treatment we do with a gunshot wound like that is we do an occlusive dressing, but we tape it on three sides only. The reason why is, you can think about it, um, if you breathe out, air can come out. When you breathe in, it sucks in, and mm-hmm. you can't get air in. So you're trying to prevent it from turning from a open pneumothorax to a tension pneumothorax, which eventually that is what... Um, dom gets is a tension pneumothorax and what that is it's the air is expanding so much that's pushing your heart your like aorta all the big vessels to the other side of the chest and it's under so much tension that it's actually making it hard for blood to return back to the heart okay and that's when your blood pressure drops and that's when you arrest okay so usually the treatment for that is you need to put in some kind of chest tube to relieve the pressure yeah they do and this is we are just now finally Getting 35 to... minutes into the episode uh, of Blacklist, and we're getting to the one one medical moment that brought us to this show. Which made a lot of people real angry. Like, even my doctor friends at work were just straight up saying, you need to watch this clip. Mm-hmm. This is the dumbest medical scene we've ever seen in our life. And I watched it, and I just said, I can't watch this anymore. This is horrible. It was, yeah. So they take him not to a hospital, because they said if any Rostova goes to a hospital there's gonna be questions that ask so they take him to some to a black site to a black site like they set up a triage tent they're waiting for a doctor to show up to put this chest tube in. right and this combat medic says i don't know how to put in a chest tube which makes no sense at all right because if you're in the field um you learn basic paramedic stuff and part of that could be just putting in a, a tube to save someone's life this is mm-hmm. very basic simple stuff so then i'm going through this step by step because it was killing me and um, all of this is on our social media. You can watch this scene. This, this in scene question. in particular on there. But um, I forgot to mention the worst thing you can do with attention pneumothorax is they had that gap that they were they duct taped that guy's chest. The last thing you want to do is open that up right away to allow more air to rush in and cause attention pneumothorax to mm-hmm. get worse. And that's essentially what she did. Um, sometimes you just need to put a tube in there to help drain it out too. Um, because part of, if you, if I was in the field and I saw someone with attention pneumothorax, I would actually get a, a needle, a pretty mm-hmm. big gauge angiocath needle and pop them right between the second intercostal space, right in the midline of your clavicle. So he's, he's showing me on his body. It's base. It's, it'd be above the heart. It's, it's, and... oh, it depends on which side, okay. but it's the second space of your ribs, mm-hmm. of your chest. And then we put it in there, and usually if that works, you hear a whoosh. So very high, very high on the chest. Yes. And outside. Mid-clavicular line. Yeah. Yeah. So middle of your clavicle. So that's what we would usually do. And so she should know how to do that. So, um... Now, cl- what, what's the purpose of the... Of- of the chest intubation that she's doing. So the, with the chest tube? Yeah. With the so chest the chest tube. tube really is to, A, decompress the pressure, mm-hmm. get the blood out, but also give a chance for that other lung to reinflate because the biggest thing that fills up that lung is a lot of nitrogen. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the atmosphere is mostly nitrogen. mostly nitrogen. So you're trying to get all that air out. So you're really you're supposed to connect that to some kind of suction or seal or something like that mm-hmm. to slowly re-expand the lung. Um, it is not a pleasant procedure. It hurts a lot if you're awake. Um, cause you can only imagine like 
I'm sure you've taken a weird breath before and you feel like you pulled something inside your chest. Yeah. Now, now imagine that constantly with every single breath you take. Not fun at all, right? So she's calling for a knife. She doesn't she's, know she, what she kind. She doesn't care what kind. Just a knife. Um, um, I'm not a doctor. I've seen some medical shows. Uh-huh. I don't think you call them knives. No. Well, sometimes we'll okay. call them blades sometimes. Okay. Um, knife is not the term I would probably use. I'd probably say scalpel or blade. Um, and then you should know which kind, like an 11 blade or an 8, 10 mm-hmm. blade or whatever blade you want to use. Um, so you call for a blade. That's fine. Um, but then she goes in the seventh intercostal space, which is super low. Yeah. Um, you, the, again, you showed it, showed it on the body, and it's it's it's, it's, like, it's like your natural waist. Uh, well, you, it's a little above that. It's it's pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. The only problem with going there is if you're going on the right side, you can if they have a very high liver, you can go there. You can potentially injure a diaphragm if they're if you catch them at a weird mm-hmm. breath. Um, really, you're supposed to go the fourth between the fourth and the fifth intercostal space. So that's around your nipple line. And yeah. I was telling Johnny earlier, the mnemonic we're taught is you go around T4, which is the teat pore, <laughs> which is the easiest way for us to remember it. So that's where you're supposed to um, make the incision. So then she asked for the smallest ET tube size possible, which, again, the smallest ET tube size possible is probably about a 3.0, which is um, smaller than a straw. In terms, in cases where you're doing like trying just to get air out, that's fine, because um, we use something called a pigtail catheter, which is really skinny. But with that much blood in there, it's gonna get clotted before it does anything. So you want the biggest, you want, fattest. You, you want something you big that's gonna yeah. get as much out, have as much volume space off. Correct. And the tube they use is definitely not the smallest ET tube they have. Um, and also, ET tubes are real flimsy. So they're not going to withstand the pressure of putting it in. And the mm-hmm. way she put it in is not the right way to put it in either. Because she was trying to like thread it into yeah. the chest. The way I was taught, and I'm sure most of our listeners, if they're medical, they would understand this too, is you're, you make the incision, you kind of dig down, and then you're digging your finger in there to try to make a space and kind of keep your finger there. Mainly because the minute you pull your finger out, the pleura, which is the, the membrane that lines your chest cavity where the lungs is, it's very tight mm-hmm. and any kind of once you remove it you might lose it so you're supposed to ride over the rib and then insert it in with the tube on your finger and then the clamp is like right there too and sometimes your clamp is right there just to help push it in because you need that traction and then once you feel the pop that's when you kind of advance the tube in and it's a big tube with like extra holes on the side of it to allow for more blood to come out it's not a pretty procedure <laughs> at all. Um, I think on real patients, I've probably done like three because they're pretty rare. Um, at least in kids, they're pretty rare. On fake, like cadavers, I've done a bunch of them. And it's still the same amount of resistance that you're trying to go through. So they put it in and the clamp is like super high up mm-hmm. and the blood doesn't come out right away. This is someone who's supposed to be supposedly under so much pressure that it's causing them to die. Right. The blood's not even coming out. The blood doesn't come up. It doesn't come up and hit the clamp and stop the clamp. Correct. It, it has to be. Was that clamp a hemostat? It's a big old hemostat. Okay. I think it's like, I think the the term for it, I think, is Mayo, but I'm not a surgeon. <laughs> but it's a. I think of it as a gigantic hemostat. More okay. Than anything, and then they do the dumbest thing I've seen. <laughs> right. So, and you told me about this one. So yeah. this is why I, why I understand what was going on. Yeah. So there was no there was no blood 
below the clamp. Yep. But when they removed the clamp, all of a sudden the blood rushed rushed through uh-huh. and into the bag that they were using to ventilate. To ventilate. Yeah. Into uh, an it, am- it, it looked like a like a big plastic barrel. Yeah, it's like an am- we call it like a, it's a bag valve mask. Or it could be called an ambu bag. Um, that's like the brand name, mm-hmm. but it's a one way valve. Um, those are valves that are designed that when you put it on someone's face and you squeeze it to give oxygen or whatever air it's connected to, it could be room air. Uh, it doesn't go back into the tube; it fills right. up from the back, just like inflating your uh, inflatable mattress. Correct. So once they hook it up and you just see the blood go through, that means it was under a lot of pressure to actually pass through there. But that's not normal standard practice at all. Normally the standard practice is like we hook it up to a vacuum Mm -hmm. or some kind of water seal so that air can't re-enter into there. And I get what they're trying to say is like, oh, look. Look at all this blood. Look at all this blood that went into there, but the blood's not going to go back. It's A-OK. That is not sterile. Um, It is not good at all. (laughs) Um, you can't measure how much blood came out. You don't know how much pressure is suctioning out or anything like that. Like that is the most cringeworthy scene I've seen for medicine, period. And this is like seeing people use suction catheters as an ET tube in people in yeah. patients' mouths. Like this one's really bad. This one's really bad to me because it was the focus of the episode. It was because it wasn't just like with with somebody using the wrong wrong tubes and things like that. That's yeah. That's a that's a production issue. Yeah, that that's a we're we're working with what we have and we don't have somebody on site. Correct. This was we're going to do an episode that's all about medical stuff. Yeah, this was a very medical heavy episode of the blacklist, and it was just horribly done. And I think one of the excuses I heard was, "Oh, they're working in a black site; they don't have all the tools needed." I don't, I don't think, think that'd be that, the opposite. I think that's the opposite because even said like we have a triage tent set up and all yeah. this stuff. They should have all the stuff they need to be done. And let's say they did have to use an ET tube, right? You can still hook it up to the proper things to make mm-hmm. it look real. Like mm-hmm. an ET tube can potentially help with the chest tube because a tube's a tube at that point, right? But calling out the stuff the way the combat medic sounded made it sound like just made it sound like they didn't know what they were saying. Right. When the goal was to specifically show her competence. Correct. And she had some competence. I mean, Mm -hmm. the whole first half of the episode was to show how she was pretending not to be competent, but was very competent. And then all of a sudden they cut to how she was super, super inept. In like a very short arc. But but the ineptitude was was not visible to the layperson. Correct. But to any emergency staff Mm -hmm. who have all seen this clip and everyone has and everyone has holy crap people really hated how not so much hated but also just laughed about how bad the scene was yeah. and this is the that's, joke that's, we always it, make it, it, the it i i think you and i both saw this on our own social media at the same time yeah i saw it via a nurse friend yeah and you saw it via everyone in the world ever yeah oh my god i just forgot about one they just showed something that i totally forgot was a patient who when the crew was trying to find this one guy and then he shot himself in the head mm-hmm. and they faked it yes. the whole time it was a fake and, and they 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 actually showed enough blood of, for someone who got shot in the head you actually commented on that except and, the exit one was joke, nothing I, I was thinking in my head that uh-huh. oh well this is they're faking this because they 
they teased it earlier uh-huh. with, with somebody with a with Phantom of the Opera. Well, I didn't realize his name was G Host. No, yeah, that was a fan which was I, terrible. I, I, this show has so many terrible puns, and I enjoy terrible puns. And this was too much. <laughs> this was too much for me. It was crazy. But yeah, there was a lot like that one scene probably riled up more of like the nursing meta doctor community more than i think i've seen any other scene recently yeah and that's coming from a guy who's watched like Grey's anatomy with the fork in the neck and they wanted to yep. do an mri which we'll touch on it yes point. which we've touched touched on in person yes um terrible t- terrible phrasing yeah so <laughs> oh yeah 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 so the human centipede no feels itself as 100 percent medically accurate I'm... if that is true how medically accurate was season seven, episode two of the Black? This Fest? is terrible. So I will say this: um, some of their explanations and medical interventions that needed to be done, relatively accurate. The gigantic cluster of all of it made it lose a lot of medical percentages. Okay, um, definitely not as medically accurate as the human centipede. <laughs> I think you can agree on that too. I think so too. As a lay person, you would probably yeah, say that. I would probably say it's like forty. Okay. Like, it's one of the lower ones I think we've ever done. Like, it's less medically accurate than Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> That's saying a lot. The lady ran around with a backpack dialysis thing. And still, this is more medically... This is less accurate yeah. than that. I think I think Hobbs and Shaw was around 40 or 50. Yeah, I would say this is like... Fine, I would drop this at like 30 then. All right. Yeah, I can... No. No, no. Uh, normally, I would ask now, what would you do to make it more medically accurate? Uh-huh. But I think the answer to that is make it more medically accurate. Yeah, make Cause, it because because there was nothing about the the medical inaccuracies that were there to raise the stakes. Yeah, there was there was the stakes were there, mm-hmm. like everything that needed to be. The stakes were all raised. It all went down to how to portray it to look scary like let's say they were in the combat field kind of thing and all they had in their rescue kit or their life was was a bowie knife and and all that stuff then i I get it you know but this is one where they had everyone gown up Mm -hmm. make it look like it was a proper surgery kind of thing and then just wing it and then just completely wing it and there was no anesthesiologist i don't know why they used that the et tube there i don't know what they put inside of his mouth but that didn't look right either like they're showing the scene that he's just on oxygen during the whole scene like i would feel like if you were on some kind of situation like that you want someone controlling your breathing during that time putting in the tube and all that stuff and not just putting him on oxygen and go "Ah, he'll breathe eventually but like but none of this none of this was stuff that was that felt intentionally wrong to make it more dramatic correct it was just wrong it was just wrong for wrong and prideful because they could have had help Mm -hmm. and they didn't take it and that's why this episode felt so much more angering than any other episode that i think we've done is because there was no reason to do the medicine this badly james spader if you're listening hi everybody podcast at (laughs) gmail.com or at hi everybody md on instagram twitter and facebook can make this look better we can can make this a lot more fun um but it's the blacklist too. It's mm-hmm. shenanigans in yeah. general. I'll watch more blacklist if it means I can be a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but this this episode, I mean, there's so much, thing, so many things we could make better. The the tubing, or putting in a chest tube, even putting in a real chest tube and showing the procedure is tension filled in itself mm-hmm. because 
seeing a doctor's finger having to get dug into there to get the tube in that looks dramatic and yeah. scary as is also her blood her gloves if i remember correctly never bloody <laughs> with someone who's covered in blood and you're touching him a lot and you're not bloody what the hell yeah yeah not enough blood not enough blood never enough blood. always a complaint there was one scene with enough blood but it was, but it was a fake, fake. Screw this episode. <laughs> no more. But yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. I wrote a lot for for an episode like this. I wrote way too many notes. Yeah, for we figured this was gonna be a a, a, a quick and dirty. A, a, we thought this was gonna be scenes. like a like a, a quick fifteen minute whatever. Yeah. We're done. No, we've been talking about this episode for way too long. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back with more. Hi, everybody. Next Tuesday. Yep. Um, and until then, yeah, uh, let people know about the show and thank you everybody for listening. Thank you.